0: Hey there, everyone. It is Denise Salcedo. Welcome back to the channel. I am very excited to introduce to you my guest for today. He is the leader of the House of Black, All Elite Wrestling's very own Malachi Black. What's up, Malachi?
1: Hey, guys, Joan.
0: Very awesome to have you on here. You know, I've been wanting to chat with you for a while now because I've been such a big fan of your work and getting to see everything that you've been doing as of late. Uh, so I was very excited when I got to when I scored this interview officially with you.
1: Oh, well, there we go. You have me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So let's go ahead and jump right into things. We're heading into this massive weekend with Forbidden Door, the first ever AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling joint pay-per-view show. So before we get into your match and all of that, I kind of want to ask you what your thoughts were uh, when Tony Khan made this announcement.
1: Um, So right before... I uh, moved to the United States and uh, and even like tracking back longer, uh, you know, I have to tell a little bit of a story before I can answer your question in a way that uh, seems satisfying. Um, My goal in professional wrestling was always Japan and preferably uh, New Japan. Uh, When I grew up, I never watched like WWF or WWE at the time uh, because we didn't have access to it. You know, I come from I come from Amsterdam. And uh, Netherlands, really small country, does not have a lot of wrestling. I am probably the most successful Dutch wrestler that has ever existed. Uh, and I'm sure within five to 10 years, someone will come out of there and top everything that I've done, which is obviously a good sign. Um, so we don't have a lot of like heritage or anything. So I grew up watching New Japan because we had a, a channel called Eurosport and Eurosport had New Japan Pro Wrestling. So that was my introduction to wrestling. Uh, as a whole, and that's what I grew up with, and later on WCW. So New Japan always had a very special place in my heart, and it's kind of also how my style somewhat got uh, orientated because you know I watched that. And as like a four or five year old, you see two men in the ring fighting, and it was like obviously Japanese wrestling is much more uh, martial arts influenced. So I started doing martial arts because of uh, what I saw. So and right before I moved, uh, there, there there were talks. Uh, between um, a company that I worked for that had a good working relationship with New Japan at the time, and myself, as to bringing me over for uh, you know a tour or multiple tours, that was obviously uh, uh, the big question uh, for New Japan. And I had the contract for NXT on my table, and uh, I was like, well, you know, even though New Japan is like, you know, the, you know the goal at the time. Um, NXT or WB at the time, you know, it would have been three to five year contracts um, guaranteed. Whereas with New Japan, you know, they run multiple tours. We don't know what, you know, we, 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 we don't know that they, they might they might have kept it with one tour. So I went with, the, you know, the, the route that we all uh, know. So I always felt in the back of my mind that, you know, I, I still wanted to do New Japan in any capacity. Right. And I've worked for them. Uh, and when they did the Euro- European tours back then, I did, I did some work on them, but uh, not on a scale like we're about to do on Sunday, where it's an actual collaborative event between, you know, two, two companies. Um, so when Tony made this announcement, you know, I kind of, you know, I was, I was, I was hoping that I was going to be involved because of, you know, four So. When he did finally, you know, make the announcements and like, you know, the rumor mill even backstage kind of started coming out because we saw some of the new Japan officials walking around and we saw uh, some of the wrestlers walking around. So like, you know, we, we all knew something was brewing. And then when it was finally there, it was just like, it's just cool. you know. And we live in such a unique, um, era when it comes to professional wrestling, there's so much going on. There's so much, uh, different stuff going on and, and, and everything has, uh, has its place, which is really, really cool, and I think this absolutely has its place. I think they uh, sold out their sixteen thousand venue. I think I think the, don't don't pin me on that, but it is a sixteen thousand uh, venue, and I think it's sold out. And it's 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 exciting. It's it's like it's cool. It's like I don't think anyone five six years ago would have thought that something like this would uh, come into a, uh, a a somewhat mainstream position. You know because of because uh, of the nature of professional wrestling and how it kind of like fluctuates in and out so now that this is you know we're, we're it's it, it's 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 friday when we're filming this so in literally 48 hours from now you know it's it's we're there and it's just very exciting and i hope that as much as it is it's exciting for uh, us it's it has a special place in my heart due to like i said what i said but I think for the fans, this is a very cool sign and telltale of like, wow, there's like a, a lot can happen. So if we already have all this, uh, what else is going to happen? You know what I mean? It, it, it's the thing that tells a lot of tales at once.
0: I completely agree with you. And, you know, Tony Khan has touted the success so far already for Forbidden Door, you know, talking about how it already got into the seven figures, et cetera. So you definitely do see the success and the buzz around, you know, the show. And given the fact that it's the first, uh, you know, co-promotional show between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I'm so happy that you gave me that background in terms of like, you know, uh, of how you felt about the announcement and everything going behind it, because uh, it was actually going to be one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today, because, you know, we mentioned new japan pro wrestling and the roots of new japan pro wrestling being more of that shoot style and with your kickboxing background it was one of the things where i was going to ask you like hey do you want to go to new japan and you answered that question but it's great to hear that because um you know when you start to think or like imagine certain guys in certain promotions i think given again your background in kickboxing and all of that i just think that it would fit in so well with the new japan audience
1: yeah. I, uh, I I mean I, I would hope so I uh, I always remember um, uh, Kyrie saying at one point telling me how um, a lot of fans in Japan because like I, I, I did briefly wrestle in Japan for big Japan I have had about six tours for the, in, in the course of about two years um, but You know, with the success that I have now and with, you know, with the name that I've built now and the franchise that's built around it, like Kyrie used to tell me back when I was still in NXT about like how uh, Japanese wrestling fans were very excited and hoped that I would come back to uh, uh, Japan in this in this like, you know, with this level of experience. And even that was like two three years ago. And like, obviously, uh, these few years have passed and a lot of different directions have been taken. Um, So it, it, it would be even more exciting. You know what I mean? Especially this day and age, especially now. So um, I spoke to Zach Sabre Jr. real briefly. Me and Zach uh, go way back. He's one of my oldest friends in wrestling. And we were talking about the state of wrestling right now in in Japan. And obviously fans are not allowed to, you know, cheer and stuff like that. So, you know, they're hoping that the country will, uh, you know, go back to uh, normal uh, as soon as possible because obviously after after we've done this, like one of one of one of the last setting goals that I would have is indeed to just wrestle on a new Japan show uh, in Japan. so
0: exactly and you kind of mentioned the fact that you know that's something that you would want to do and i think we all want to see it as fans too now as fans we tend to be like oh like i would really love to see you know this person versus that person but i kind of want to get the idea of like in your head uh who do you think is somebody that uh you know in ring wise that you can tell a great story with uh in in new japan pro wrestling who are some of the guys that you'd just be like you know what we can make some magic here
1: you know the- the- the, the entire Rasa they have, even a lot of their young lions and obviously on Sunday you'll see one of them, like, you know, even their, their, their younger generation is so full of talent. I don't think there's anything ever in new Japan that hasn't walked through their doors with having the potential, like to take over, you know, wrestling or bringing something new. I think that's what they, what they're known for. But for me, it's always been Tanahashi. Uh, I think him and me would mesh so well when I'm, I'm purely basing that off what he presents as a competitor, how he flows, looking at his footwork, his pacing, his timing, and I I understand that a lot, and it's 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 a bit of a vague explanation, but the way he wrestles is something that really connects with me, and the way he thinks about it, like obviously in a different setting, Shibata would have been and it would have been incredible. I I would have really loved the opportunity to kind of tangle with Ishii. Uh, this, this Sunday, but you know, it is what it is. And unfortunately he got injured. Uh, these things happen. That's the nature of the beast as well. But in a, in a, in a, in a single setting or in a Japanese setting, absolutely those three would be, you know, on top of the bill. But then also a guy like Zach Sabre Jr. Cause him and me have such tremendous history. Um, and it's been so long since him and me have like tangled, um, that now in that platform in a different setting with the experience that he has gained, with the experience that I have gained, um, it would be such a, an interesting uh, you know, mix uh, for him and me.
0: I think so, too. I think that would be phenomenal. So I, I love all of the names that you mentioned. And now let's go ahead and, you know, touch on Forbidden Door because you do mention uh, Tomohiro Ishii, who unfortunately, uh, due to injury, had to be removed from the match. So let's talk about this because we kind of got a lot, I think, on the line here. Like, not only is this such a big pay-per-view, but this is a four-way for the All-Atlantic Championship and, you know, the winner going in and becoming the inaugural champion. So with that being said, with the guys that have been announced in this match yourself, Pac, Miro, Clark Connors, who's taking the place of Ishii, for you, what would it mean not only to become the inaugural champion, but it would also be you as, you know, a singles wrestler really going out there and defending that championship? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I would have to pull this back towards being from the Netherlands again, right? Like, uh, the, for a Dutch person to win a first ever title that represents uh, the different countries in the world, uh, that'd be huge. You know, I mean, it would elevate myself. It would mean a lot to my home country because my country is always watching. Uh, as much as not, there's not a big wrestling culture, uh, a lot of the people involved in certain sports always have their eyes on me, texting me, talking to me, like guys like Rico Verhoeven from Glory. Uh, my old trainer, Bob Schreiber, still, like, keeps in touch with me. There's a lot of people that still, like, you know, keep their eyes on uh, on what it is that we do. So there is a sense of like pride walking into that tournament alone, um, you know, and and the and, and the pressure is on for that same reason as well because you don't want to let down anyone. You don't want to, you know, you want to you want to be at your best of your ability at that moment. But like, you know, you're in there with with someone like Miro. You know, and what can I say about Miro that has already not been said? Due to the fact that you know, like, look at what all he's done, and look at who he is, and look at his previous title reign in in the company when he held the TNT uh, the TNT Championship. He was a force to be reckoned with, but he's always been a force to be reckoned. Then we have Pac, who's you know, he's he's in my opinion, uh, the, like like personal feelings aside, um. From the perspective of a high flyer, a junior, a true junior uh, high flyer, he's one of the most innovative people that uh, came forward as a high flyer in the in 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 the last ten to fifteen years. I think if you take him out of the equation, you won't have a Ricochet, you won't have a Bill Osprey, because this is the guy. This is the this is the blueprint, and he was already someone who was influenced by guys like Rey Mysterio and 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 you know the high flyers of the past, Hayabusa, etc. Um, And he took all of that and recreated this incredible style, even at age 19, he was just an incredible competitor. And he inspired so many people. But, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes don't realize that he was the one of the first ones to kind of like uh, make that make that mark in the modern era of wrestling, where a lot of people turn their heads, like who is this kid? And then you know, like I said, they would influence the, later on the ricochets, and they would influence the the Will Ospreys and stuff. And Clark, like I said, you know, he comes he comes from New Japan. He's a true representative of New Japan, and he has he has big shoes to fill because he's filling for you know for for, for Ishii. Which is which is no small feat, but then at the same time, again because of what New Japan carries and the and the grueling regiments that New Japan put puts their students through and uh, and what they you know how they teach these 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 younger kids to to become wrestlers, you know you can't you can't take that out of the equation too. So this 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 man is a is a is is, is a walking weapon, you know what I mean? He's a. Um, Yes, he's gonna come in there with the least amount of experience with the least amount of uh, amount of man, but it also means that he has nothing to lose and he's also probably in a in a certain way he's one of the most hungers because now he's getting an opportunity and I remember when I was you know young young like i'm 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 moving towards forty now, but like when I was starting out when I was like in my early twenties. It didn't matter who you were in front of me. I would make sure that you would remember me by the end of the match. Physically or mentally, you would know that you would have been in the ring with me. And I'm sure that for him, that's, that's a similar mentality
0: exactly it kind of feels like a win-win situation for him because like you said he has these big shoes to fill but in, in in turn he's sort of presented with this huge opportunity to break out in front of you know an audience that may not be familiar with him to yeah. really be like oh who's this guy let me take a look at him and you know he's in there in there when you know when you mentioned you know Pac Miro and yourself and you know all these great guys I feel like you can make uh an argument that this is going to be a really great opportunity for him and then for for you three I feel like you can make an argument for either one of you guys really becoming the uh, the first ever all Atlantic champion, which I think is pretty awesome. It seems like there's a lot of options on the table.
1: I think so too, and the, you know, to touch on Conor like uh, a little bit more, like out of the out of the the four of us, he's the least known, but also the least known to all of us. And even though I keep an eye on what people do, um, he has that level of being unpredictable with them. So he's definitely not someone to be counted out, and I don't think knowing Miro uh, as I do, I don't think he takes him lightly, knowing, knowing Pac the way I do, I don't think he takes, like, I don't think any one of us is gonna walk in, or at least that should not be the attitude that I, that I would employ with, who is this, who is this greenhorn? You know what I mean? That's, that's not how <laughs> I step into this thing uh, because he's earned his keep and he's, he's earning his keep. And indeed he has uh, big shoes to fill, but also out of everyone, most of the pressure is on him. Like guys like Miro, myself, and but we've been in positions like this before. I would even say that I thrive in positions like this. I, I, I am best when I'm under pressure. So
0: that's really great. I love hearing the insight of like how all of this, you know, just everybody's sort of like different spot, different role in all of this. Uh, so I do want to ask you because, you know, we're touching on the injuries. We're talking on the changes uh, made to the Forbidden Door card. Unfortunately, you know, that we had the announcements that, you know, CM Punk can't be there, uh, you know, to wrestle. Uh, Brian Danielson as well and some other changes too. And so, you know, the top, the, the, the card for Forbidden Door has been a huge uh, subject amongst wrestling fans. So I do want to ask you from your perspective, what has been your your, um, your perception of you know the matches that have been announced and how Tommy Khan and AEW have essentially you know put this show together. Uh, how, what do you think of it?
1: So it's always you know it's always difficult to deal with with card. That's also why it always says card subject to change. You know what I mean? Because uh, I've been the victim lately of a few injuries here and there, um, forcing me to like make some make some changes as well. Um, it just it it happens, but I think when you have a talent pool that's as deep as New Japan's and AEW, um, I wouldn't say people are interchangeable. But the switches that have been made have made sure that the intrigue has remained. You know, of, of course, it's unfortunate that we're not going to get to see Tanahashi versus CM Punk. You know, what I mean, I think I think on on a, on a, on a grand scale, I think that's a match that a lot of people had on their bingo cards. You know, and but if it's if it's thrown out there now, I think everybody understands that eventually it will happen one way or the other. If the world title is involved at that point, I don't know. But it's it's done in a way that the uh, the intrigue, you know, will, will remain. I, I I don't I don't look at this card and go, well that's that's a downgrade. No, it's not. It's just a change and it's a change that is unfortunate it had to happen but it's still a very exciting card. You get to see a lot of new people. You get to see a lot of people that have been in in AEW for a long time. You get to see people that have been in New Japan for a long time. You you get to see a lot of mainstays, a lot of familiar faces, and a lot of like, you know, uh, New Japan true spirits. And the same as with AEW, you get a lot of true spirits and you get people who are relatively new to the mold, like myself in terms of AEW, but then have made a name for themselves and previously where, where I come from. So, you know, you know, who I am, you know, who you know, who Mira is, uh, you, you know, you know, these people. So, um, and even kind of historically having a, a women's match on the card is, you know, like, again, it, 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 all, it all adds. It's all, I think there's something for everyone. And I know that's a cliche thing to say, but I think this really does have that it's there's something for everyone. It's on our two of uh, wrestling's biggest banners go uh, co- you know collaborating what's what's not the love
0: Exactly. And I know you say it sounds like a cliche to say there's something for everybody, but I love pay-per-views when there's something for everybody just because, you know, everybody gravitates to different things and like certain different styles of wrestling, like certain types of wrestlers, et cetera. So now I do want to go ahead and jump into uh, talk about the House of Black because, uh, you know, I recently got to chat with Brody King and he kind of gave me a little bit of a rundown of how, you know, all of this came to be, how, how he basically told me that you and him were basically talking about, you know, kind of doing something together. And then this ended up being brought into a w that's how he got brought in etc but um i also wanted to ask you not just about your thoughts on brody king coming in and joining you on house of black but also to uh buddy matthews because he's somebody that you know you guys have had you know working relationships with in the past so how much input in terms of bringing him in to aew and having him incorporated into house of black did you have and how do you feel about both guys essentially joining you
1: um when I was in my um, uh, early stages of my uh, um, fights with, with Cody, there was a moment where on the stage I, uh, I, I gave Cody a knee. He fell down and I told him that this was no longer his house, but it was the House of Black. And then fans, uh, because the camera audio was on when I said it, um, fans started chanting House of Black. And at that point, it kind of got me thinking. And then later on, it was a hashtag on Twitter. <laughs> though I am not clearly not the biggest uh, social media lights in the world. It caught my attention. And I started thinking and I always had ideas, you know, because even even this installment of what is the House of Black is something that I did over 13, 14 years ago. Uh, with, uh, with, 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 similar stables with like the Sumerian death squad and stuff like that. Um, but now doing it with all the expertise that I have, all the knowledge that I have with, you know, the experience that I've gained over the course of those added 14 years on top of what I was already wrestling and the success that I had back then, which is ironically the thing that got me noticed to, you know, move towards the United States, et cetera. Um, I think in this in this in this installment, I think it makes a lot of sense to have a guy like Brody King and someone as Buddy Matthews. Um, They have always been intertwined with me somehow, some way. And I presented the idea to Tony and said, look, this thing kind of grew wings. And if we were to make this an actual existing uh, faction, an actually existing uh, thing, uh, who do you th- what do you think about Brody King? What do you think about Buddy Matthews? And he was he was sold on the idea literally instantly when I told him what it would uh, what it would pertain and how I envisioned what it is and 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 how it would be presented and you know um, because of the way I I, I portrayed myself initially in AEW and the ideas that I gave him and the success of the uh, uh, me and Cody uh, um, fights that we had and the whole program et cetera. Uh, I build a lot of trust up with Tony and I said, look, we can do it this way. I have all these thoughts. He gave me his thoughts. We kind of put them together. Um, and we, you know, we made it, we made it work. And both gentlemen like were brought in in different ways with a guy like Brody King, who was at the time, I wouldn't say he was unknown, but he definitely was making a name for himself specifically like in Ring of Honor. And he had a, just like myself, he has a very distinct look. And him and me have been friends for for a very long time. So I had to like kind of you know make the fans think that they figured it out when I was started doing like you know certain subliminal uh, images, subliminal messages. And at that point, I obviously I do incorporate a lot of like of my social media and things that I would say in promos and you know alluding to certain things because I wanted people to figure it out themselves. So by the time he would actually make his presence known, um, the reward. Was for the fans as to see. I knew it, so I had to. I had to influence it in a way that they thought that they figured it out. And with Buddy, it was almost the exact opposite. And I almost practically gave it to them, and then I almost took it away from them by reacting the way that I did the night that you know Mr. Matthews made his uh, made his debut. Um, so, but both of them, the reactions that we got were more than satisfactory. Uh, the numbers that we did in terms of like our merchandising and stuff like that has proven that it's a massive success, uh, and, you know, and still moving up, uh, there's literally nothing about it that I can really complain about. Uh, nothing ever goes smooth, especially not in this business. Um, you know, you get, met, you get dealt with setbacks, you get dealt with, with frustrations, you get dealt with, you know, you have to deal with. Uh, certain things not going the way you wanted to go. And that's part of the natural process. But if you can overcome these things and you can move around with them, the end result will always be so much more worth it because now you have to struggle to obtain something versus it being given to you. So, um, you know, w- where in the beginning I feel that me and Tony were very much looking for what the position was and what the what the spot was, we have now have got a clear idea on the landscape of AW where to place it and slowly but surely, meticulously giving it a, a, a bigger and better home uh, moving forward. And I think the last two months, three months, uh, we've done that. And, you know, I, I'm always a big, big fan of small climbs. I don't want to go from point, point uh, A to point Z in the span of a week. I would rather you know, move through all the letters until we have the entire alphabet and then there because I feel like if I can take an audience on a journey and I tell them something, I give them like little pieces of the puzzle each week versus giving them everything each week, um, I feel they can really connect to it and they can grow with it and they feel more a part of it, uh, especially when I involve them. And that's exactly what we've done. And again, looking at it from a statistic point of view, it's done exactly what we hoped it would do uh and hopefully it will do more moving forward so i i i literally cannot uh complain on that aspect
0: awesome i have two more questions for you the first one being is that you know we talk about all of the cool stuff that you guys have come up with the house of black etc uh you know the presentation is great the vignettes that you guys have been doing have been pretty pretty awesome to see and very very creative uh the other incorporation of this has been julia hart can you tell us about the idea and how that came about to have her incorporated into this
1: so when I, I can't i can't because there's like still a lot of things that are being unraveled in that regard and it's still a part of the journey that i don't want to completely give away um julia was an idea that sprung up on us as one of the stories was unfolding and this thought process that we had that certain elements that I do changes people or influences people and whether or not that is supernatural. I always let people decide because I, for the most part, actually don't do anything that would describe as supernatural. I think a lot of what I do or present is psychological uh, because I find that much more terrifying. Uh, You know, the human mind is a terrifying thing (laughs) Uh, implemented incorrectly, especially. And so we started kind of like messing with this idea of having someone. How do I explain this without giving it away? (laughs) Um, Having someone thinking that they were influenced because they wanted to get away from something versus actually being influenced. And then in our our own way, kind of like, I wouldn't say exploiting that, but using that. Uh, there's a big part of this whole thing that was a big misdirection on purpose, and it was the night that everybody thought it was going to happen. That was that was completely done on purpose because I was already thinking thirty four weeks ahead. So I got super happy when everybody got mad because I was like, "Well, if you're going to mad now, you're going to love." It. You know what I mean? Because it's 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 not about it's not about doing what people want you to do at, when they, when they want you to do it. It's about you know flipping the s- script on them and getting them mad. Because then, eventually, when you do it, it's much more you being in control, and um, the payoff was was is bigger. And I think that is what we needed because it also meant that uh, we could immediately give a layer to to Julia that she previously didn't have yet. So, um, and slowly we're moving forward. She definitely has her, uh, you know, she has her homework, and she definitely has to, you know, earn her keep in that regard. And she's working hard, and you know, we, we, we uh, you know we keep her on her toes. And uh, you know the future will see what it will hold for her. Uh, but as far as now, I like the idea of her being some of an unpredictable wild card that's just in the flow. And what her role is yet, I'm not going to give away. I'm not going to say. And time will tell.
0: I think it's a pretty exciting aspect to add to the House of Black. You know, another layer on top of it. It's been pretty cool to see that unfold, especially because you mentioned there was something that, you know, she didn't have this portion to her character just yet. So to kind of see this, you know, added to who she is, it's pretty exciting to see how it's starting to develop. Um, So Melika, I know we have just a couple minutes left. So my last question to you is sort of a general broad question that I like to ask all my guests, really. But uh, in terms of like goals for yourself in AEW, whether it be short-term, long-term goals, goals, etc. of me you can maybe shine a light on some of those.
1: <sighs> yes, because you know and, and, and in a weird sense they kind of change a lot. I don't think I've ever been the the guy that has chased belts. I feel that I'm much more someone who disrupts and I think disrupting is good. I think presenting a layer of well he's an asshole but he kind of makes a point. It's kind of like what I like um, because the general message of what we do is actually not even that negative, but it's also a part that a lot of people don't want to admit they do or see around them. Uh, there's a lot of commentary on there. If, if you're willing to listen, and I think that's also the fun thing because it's like it, it makes a clear divide between the people that are actually mentioned and those people hating it um and the people who love it and they get it and they admit to it um it's not for everyone and i don't want it to be for everyone because my entire life i've not been for everyone and this idea that you know you have to be liked by everyone is a is a is a, is a, is a farce you know you can't be liked by everyone so like it it, it 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 walks in both lines of of the argument um now that being said do I want to proceed uh, to, to, to chase titles? Yes, I do. But I think if it would not to happen, it wouldn't harm me. I don't think that if I would never be positioned in a, in, 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 in a sense where um, it, it it wouldn't come across my path, as long as I'm involved with the people that are crossing those paths, I think, you know, I think, I think that's an important thing as well. As, as long as I can give them something or I can take something from them, um, that helps me or helps the general uh, aesthetic or the general story of what it is that we're doing. Um, I think that for me is something that I like carving out. I like carving out that legacy. I like something where in 50 years time, when I'm long gone off this planet that people go back and say, Oh, that's what he meant. Did he meant this when he said that, <laughs> you know, and it slowly unfolds and that's, that's what I like. And, you know, I, I, I don't want it to be a one thing because the, the, the one thing, that always keeps me sane, and it's always done. And maybe it's because I'm Dutch and we're very sober-minded people. Um, this will all end one day. All of this will come to a screeching halt. All of this will go away. I also I, and this is always someone's some of, the, some of the, a weird thing. I never consider myself to be famous because it's always kind of like, yeah, but in the realm of what exactly? You know what I mean? Like I have this um, very unique world that I walk in for the for the better part of my life. Um. And in that world, I'm obviously who I am and people know who I am, but I never feel that I left Amsterdam in that regard. I never, I'd never disbanded the, 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 um, the kid that was into like hardcore and stuff like that. And like, like alternative, like forms of metal and stuff like that and dressed the way that he wanted to dress and, you know, did what he wanted to do. And was always like mesmerized by how the world worked and had his, had his, had his you know, his gaze on the world and not just on on like a small little part of it. Like, I think, I think one of the things that I always tell people whenever I train with them is like, you know, you got to think globally, not locally, because if you keep your mind on small things and one thing and, you know, you, and we see a lot of that right now, like nowadays with people throwing the most like, ludicrous arguments at, at each other, it's because they're all like focused on one thing and it keeps them from, you know, gro- growing, you know, growing further. And I feel that that has never been me. And my goal sometimes like exceeds things that are in my, for me personally, bigger than just titles. But again, I also feel that if I were to chase a title, I can I can apply that same ideology, that same thought process on something as uh, what would be my title reign. And, and like, you know, do it, like make make it in my own way and create something in my own way. Cause I think that's for me, what it comes down to is creating and, and, and giving something different, giving something new. And again, I don't care if you don't like it. Like I, I listen to what the numbers say. I listen to what merchandise does. I listen to what, you know, the echo is of the audience and like the amount of times every week that I get people tagging me and picture them getting the house of black logos tattooed or the masks tattooed or like, you know, the merchandise to shirts, um, you know, it reaching out to further than just like professional, it goes into like the, the the world of like Hollywood and stuff like that. And I get feedback from that. And, you know, it's just it's just it's just amazing how these like things that you can conjure up can create so much more than just a pro wrestling platform. And I think that is the goal to transcend what is uh, pro wrestling to an extent, but still being true to what pro wrestling is. But just do it. Do it your own way, and I think that's also the formula that I think a lot of young people, and maybe not just young people in wrestling, but just young people in life, should be aspiring to do—to extend beyond the reaches of what they uh, what what they think they should or can. So, title reigns absolutely, but I think that I can dwell in multiple worlds and still um, have my presence known.
0: I love it. I got to tell you, like everything that you're saying right now is just so fascinating to me. And it's almost like, you know, kind of stepping outside of things and seeing like a bigger, bigger, larger picture and also seeing all of the different like things that you can do, especially with, you know, everything that you've sort of built, you know, with the House of Black, et cetera, even just yourself and things that you're a fan of. Uh, So really, really awesome. Malika, I feel like we can talk forever. I would love to chat with you more. But before we wrap things up, please let the people know where they can find you, where they can check out some of your stuff. Uh, Plug anything you'd like to plug in.
1: Yep. Well, obviously, you can find me on Instagram as uh, Malachi Black, spelt with an X, the uh, old B-L-X-C-K. Uh, you can find me on Black Mask Clothing, which is my own clothing brand. You can find me on AW Shop if you were looking for some merchandise. I am on Twitter. I just don't do much with Twitter because, uh, obviously, I feel like the downfall of, uh, of the world is, is unfolding itself on Twitter. Um, and you can find me every Wednesday or Friday night on AW. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to post all of the links in the description box below, but it's seriously, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Until next time, I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Malachi Black. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone.